All right, welcome to another and an incredibly special episode of the Final Percent Podcast. I have literally three of my favorite people joining me. I have my beautiful wife, Kayla Kimball. I have Craig's beautiful wife, Meredith, and Craig himself. And these are the founders of the Road of Life Coaching. And one of the things that we just kind of, we were talking about before is this idea of, you know, marriedpreneurship, you know, couples having to live realistically a different version of life together and obviously we've done it for about how how long have we been doing business and stuff together what 13 years now about yeah almost yeah yeah so 13 years so you know it's it's very normal for us it's normal for for Craig and Meredith and stuff but a lot of people especially in the in the in the pandemic people were leaving their jobs they were quitting their jobs and then they started kind of intertwining their lives in a business sense and it became more normal for couples to be together in business, whether they're fully in business or not, or one is really supporting the other one, whatever it might be. There's a lot of challenges. And so Craig and Meredith come from a corporate background and they're helping, you know, the the couples kind of transcend the muck of life and the mud of life. And, and you know, they a great thing for coaching that I always talk about. If you listen to your coach, they are a great set of windshield wipers and that, you know, that stuff that you don't realize that you need so much until it's winter and you've been using your your spray all the time because you're following someone on the freeway, but you keep having to wipe it off. And then when you don't have the windshield wiper fluid, you're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize how much I need. That's a good coach so that you can see so that you can have vision. And so we're going to talk about the idea of what it means to be a couple, um, what it means to do business together, to do life together, to feel seen, to feel heard, stories from Craig and Meredith, stories from from us, you know, and just just full disclosure, I did get ready to take notes on what we were going to talk about. And we just said, you know what, we've been doing life together, cool things with cool people for long enough now. Let's just keep it as organic as possible, and let's just see where this goes. So without further ado, Craig and Meredith, thank you so very much for joining us on the Final Percent Podcast today. Thanks for having us. Super happy to be here. Super excited. So let's let's get into this. What is the biggest thing from your guys' point of view that you've either experienced, seen, heard, all of the above? that you're you're watching couples struggle with in this modern day society we live in whether that's comparative reality whether it's the marriedpreneurship whether it's communication um i don't i do not uh envy anybody in today's day and age that has to to start trying to date because watching all these apps and the swipe Whatever is it, swipe left or right? I honestly don't even know. We're living in a weird time. <laughs> like everyone, like everyone's <laughs> dating, everyone's dating everyone. And like I talk, I was talking to Salo yesterday. Salo's my nephew. He's twenty two, and I was I was talking to him about dating in this world, and he's just like, he's like, I just don't know. And and he's like, he's like, I don't like the fact that it's hookup culture, and I just I just want one relationship that I can double down on. And I, and obviously that's what we have here. Um, 
but we're in this thing where trying to start a business or start a relationship or go deep on a business and a relationship, it's really difficult. What are some of the things that you guys see that couples are running into in today's day and age that is forcing them to kind of, you know, rethink the way that they live or, or, or come together? Um, I think there's sort of three, four big issues that we've run into over and over again with couples that are looking for help. The big four. Yeah. Uh, I think it's communication is a big yeah. one. Um, the disconnection, like the physical and emotional disconnection, um, the feeling unappreciated and unseen, yeah, un unheard, unheard, undervalued unseen, by their spouse, unappreciated, and then trust. Those are the big four that we see over and over and over and over again. And I think not to kind of bring everything all up under one umbrella, but it, to me, most of those can be addressed through vulnerability. And I, I think vulnerability is the thing that's lacking the most in not even just romantic relationships, because, you know, married partners and business partners, and, you know, there's all kinds of different relationships that exist between us and that you have. And I think vulnerability is a key component of all of them that could be built out. Like, I, I think, you know, to your point around social media and comparative reality, we're always trying to, you know, put the version of ourselves out that we think that other people want us to be, you know, the, you know, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who you think I think I am. And you think ham sandwich. And so I, I think <laughs> that we're all trying to be this version of ourselves that we think is the best one that people want. And so we're hiding parts of ourselves. And by doing that, we're not able to find community and, and feel accepted for who we are, because as we've talked about before, in order to be accepted and feel a sense of belonging, you have to actually be yourself. You can't hide any part of you. And it's that vulnerability piece that the flaws in you, the flaws in me, that that's how we connect. And mm -hmm. so if I'm unwilling to be my sort of unvarnished raw self with him, then there's a, a, a I put a little tiny sliver of a wall between us. So I, I planted the seed of that disconnection, that inability to communicate. Uh, he can't see me. You know, I obviously don't, I don't trust him or me or us enough to be able to share my whole self with him. So all four of those things to me tie into vulnerability. So I think that is the biggest piece um, that we're seeing a lot of in, in, in people who are looking for, for some help in their relationship. Yeah. It really is a superpower to relationships. I think um, in particular, like every, I think everyone struggles a little bit with vulnerability, but I do see a lot that, men in particular really, really struggle with that unvarnished, that that letting down their guard and showing their true self, even to their significant other. And I think it's a real barrier that we see in relationships. And then it just festers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That little wall that we build that she talked about, that little one that actually just the longer you go, it just builds, it's bigger and bigger and bigger before, before you know it, you're completely kind of on different tracks. You're completely separate. Because once that wall is up, you know, you, other things start to come into play. It's like, well, I'm not getting the attention here or I'm going to go over here and get it or I'm going to bury myself in my phone. And so then that disconnection just widens further and further apart. Yeah. So. yeah. One, of, one of the things that I uh, 
you know, from a vulnerability standpoint, I still remember. So with men being so vulnerable or so not vulnerable is what I mean. um, It particularly shows up with other men. And I still remember this really pivotal moment actually between myself and Craig. And because you know, it's no secret. Unfortunately, I've got to be like Kayla always talks to me. She goes, she goes, I just hate how you always have the weight of the world on, on you. And it's like you're playing air traffic controller for companies and our companies and people and this. And then oftentimes I'll get blamed for, well, everything actually. Um, when, you know, I, I wish people could see, you know, behind the scenes and and uh, understand how much we care. And I think that's the thing, like, if anyone out there is saying, hey, I want to become a coach because they think it's an easy path, you are wrong. Like, you're, you're like, I love how they immediately laugh. But, like, you have to do it because you really want to help. Um, but Craig loves basketball. And we were outside, and Craig probably remembers this moment. We were outside playing basketball, and – it was in between games and I like, I pulled him aside and I just said, I've needed someone like you for a really long time in my life. Cause I haven't had another guy that I felt like I could turn off. I like, I haven't had that. Like I've always, I've always had to be the guy I've always had to, to be on. Be, yeah. Be on, be the example, be the, this, and, you know, being able to have someone else who's strong enough to either coach be coached, be a mentor, be a mentee, be a friend, be a community member. Like wearing so many hats is actually incredibly difficult. And I remember it was like the first time I was able to say that to another guy and just like to the final percent mean it. And it was, it was like, it was really, really special for me. Cause like I hadn't had a friend where I felt like, like I could just be like, so I'm like, I'm like about ready to burst into tears. I just needed a buddy and like have him show up for me instead of like, dude, why are you being weak, bro? Like this, like <laughs> the bro culture sucks so bad, <laughs> but like you need, you need to have like strong men. But like, I think, I think of a superpower and this is something Kayla actually taught me, but a superpower is being able to say, I don't know. And, yeah. and and you got be okay with that. And you got to be vulnerable saying that, especially when you're supposed to be the guy and you've read so many books and you're this <laughs> one time where like my mouth was like going a little faster than my brain with my wife, which unfortunately happens more than <laughs> she, I remember her just looking me dead in the eyes and she goes, Greg, sometimes it's okay to just say, I don't know. So <laughs> use those words and then let's figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't love you any less. I don't love you any less. <laughs> oh, so what are what are some of the things that you see in in couples and things like what do you think like some of the stuff that we've gone through, you know, in building this crazy thing called life? Yeah, I think one of the the biggest things for me was just trying to figure out how to find that balance of or do you kind of just like the hats that we wear, the roles that we play in being, you know, we've done so much together in a relationship. We've been in a band together, starting businesses together, living together, now building a family together. We're doing all of these things together. And it's like, how do you find that balance of 
like right now we're having a meeting and I can't react to the situation as wife. I got to react to the situation as business partner or say if we're having a disagreement of some sort in business and you're like, we're talking as, as business partners right now, not husband and wife or vice versa. It, it's just like trying to better understand like which hat are we wearing at any given point yeah. of our many interactions um, and then not taking things personally, not being offended by certain things that the other one might, might say, you know, with the best of intentions, of course, mm -hmm. but um, that took a little while to kind of, you know, dial in on that piece of it. But I would say, honestly, for the most part, fortunately, a lot of that kind of just happened naturally for us. Mm -hmm. um, but I do oftentimes like remember thinking like that was a, a challenging piece because you know, I, I get a little emotional every now and then, as we all do, right? And sometimes I never get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate how fast you guys laugh. We all like <laughs> laugh it off. We all laugh it off. Oh goodness! Yeah, I think a lot of couples struggle with that. I mean, it's a very complicated dynamic, right? You're trying to navigate that, and you're wearing so many hats all at the same time sometimes, and you know, and you're not always going to be showing up as the best version of yourself at any given point, and so yeah. you have to. You know, try to, like I said, find that balance. And then when you fall short, you know, make sure you have a partner or a, a kind of relationship where they can support you and help you navigate that instead of shame you or cause a fight or, or, you know, whatever you have to be like, Hey, I'm kind of sensing, you know, you're struggling with, with this in this moment, like, let's talk about it and work our way through it. And like Meredith said, work on communication, mm -hmm. you know, that's a big piece of it too. I think one of the, the pivotal things that happened well, it didn't happen, but it was a realization for me. We were at, was it the 2020 summit up in Vail? Actually, we had a lot of those. Uh, but the, That the was the more recent one. Yeah, recent that one. was yeah. the last one we did. So um, so we did a, a summit and it was 2020 and we had a group of, I don't know, 30 or 40 people. And that, so that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. That was fun. Um, we did a relationship panel and <laughs> we... <laughs> I'm going to tell the story I just go, and then I'm going to let you finish it. Um, so we had someone, so everyone's talking about, you know, some of the, like we're doing a relationship series called it's weird that it's weird. And so uh, let's just share like two of the videos that I, I think are going to be like my favorite. They're already my what, favorite. What are your favorites? So my favorite is, so we looked at each other the other night Uh <laughs> And by the other night, I mean, probably it was like, what, two and a half, three months ago? Yeah. Because we're like figuring out, you know, what makes us us? And then uh, <laughs> I I literally looked at her and I think she had grabbed like a box of wheat thins or something, which for whatever reason, we are like on a wheat thin kick. Um, Didn't happen. <laughs> Didn't happen. Um, and uh, I looked at her and I said, do you want to know what I feel every night that we get to hang out together? And I said, I feel like we're having a what? Slumber party. Slumber party. Like we literally were like, every time we hang out, we sit on the couch, we hang out in bed. It's like, it literally those same vibes. Like when you were a little kid and you get excited to go over to your best friend's house for a slumber party and you'd have all the snacks and all the stuffed animals or toys or movies or whatever, you would just go in and it was like the highlight of your life. Like that's the vibe. It, and and we like, <laughs> like even last night we were jumping on the bed and, and we were like, are we having a slumber party? <laughs> While trying to be quiet because Conrad's sleeping. But we're like, we're right above us. And we're like. <laughs> um, and so like oh, having those like man. little things between yeah. us. Uh, and then the other thing is like, 
when we were going through the COVID thing, and I mean, we're we're dealing with like millions of dollars of refunds and everything like crashing down. We don't know what the heck we're gonna do. Um, there was one time like like I mean, I had a lot of tears of being scared. You had a lot of tears of being scared, and then we came up with this thing of just trying to understand <laughs> understand like what's actually like our magic. And uh, it was funny because, you know, we were, I can't remember, but like there was one time we were overdrawn by like a couple hundred thousand dollars and we're like trying to figure out <laughs> what happens, like where do we, what happens in this chapter? And we looked at each other. I looked at her and I go, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, oh, apparently that means track me. Um, <laughs> we're learning. Um but uh, but we we realized we realized that like what makes us rich has nothing to do with money. It's like it's this. We have each other. We have purpose. We have common vision. We have still a company that's you know working its way through something and crazy. We got through. And we made it through. Like there was a lot to be grateful for in that moment, even aside from all the chaos. Yeah, because we were in the education space in music. So not only double did, whammy, like all education stopped. And no music events. Like we got double whammied and we just, we had to redefine what rich was. And so every time something bad happens or, you know, something starts like this, like we'll look at each other and we'll just like throw our hands in the air and we'll go, we're rich. <laughs> and so like having those little I mean, moments, you, you, just, yeah. you just gotta laugh. Like there's nothing else you can do about it in that moment. So freaking out does nothing to help mm -hmm. your, your sanity or the situation so sometimes mm -hmm. you just gotta laugh it off man and be like all right cool <laughs> and so so we have all these little things that make it we're doing a hundred video series um on all these little things and we uh we're you know now rewinding i kind of quentin tarantino this story <laughs> um but going to 2020 we're doing this relationship panel and we have and we're everything's going great then we have someone we will not name this person but we have someone raise their hand anyone who was there knows this story and they know who it is um, but they raise their hand and they obviously are trying to set a landmine to show cracks in the armor of kayla and myself because we talk about in there how you know there's an ongoing thing where for whatever reason i go full dude mode on certain things <laughs> which means somehow my chones will end up like 18 inches from the hamper. Like how, how did I not get them in the hamper? And so we started kind of talking about moments like this and this person raises their hand and they're like, well, isn't that so disrespectful? And isn't that this, and he can't do this. And he expects you to do and like landmine, landmine, landmine. And I was, I was about to to defend myself. But then I realized, Hey, number one, the, the question was directed towards Kayla. And I'm very curious to get her take on this. Cause if she's <laughs> as mad as this person, I, I, I got to rethink some things. And so yeah. why don't you talk about what you said in that relationship panel? I, I mean, I, I don't quite remember it hundred percent, but how I still feel about it at least is I, I don't get mad about it. Like I, I understand that he knows how to physically throw his chones in the hamper. <laughs> you know, you would think so. <laughs> something obviously is going on to where he's his mind is busy or elsewhere. Or he's doing so many things 
all the time for this family and for me and for the household that if that didn't happen, I trust him so much that I know it happened for a reason. His mind was, was busy. Point is whatever the reasoning behind that is like, I don't assume bad intent. I, some people are like, well, he disrespects you or that is like expecting you to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, that's not his intent. He's just busy. And if he didn't think about it, he was just throwing stuff around, ready, go, boom, on to the next thing. If you know, Greg, he's always go, 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 go. Sometimes doing 20 things at the same time. Like he's only one person. He can only, his brain can only process so much at once. And I got to give him some grace because he's doing so much for us. And like, if I am just walking around picking up stuff anyway, why wouldn't I try to just help him out and throw the thing away for him? I think I saw a post um, around that same time that now that I'm thinking about it, where it was like, don't be an a-hole. If you're capable of helping out your significant other, regardless of what it is, just do it. Mm -hmm. Why make it a bigger story in your head than it needs to be or assume all of this bad intent? Like, just do it. If you're capable, if I'm not capable of throwing it away and it bothers me, I'll talk to him about it and we'll have a conversation. We'll communicate. I'm sure he'll be better about it. Mm -hmm. But little things like that, like I don't let them bother me. It's like always assume good intent of your significant other is the biggest takeaway from that whole experience. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned that twice and, and it super aligns with something that we talk a lot about, which is the same thing. Benefit, benefit of, the of the doubt. Like yeah. who else in the world besides yeah. this person like, why wouldn't you give them the benefit of the doubt? Like, you picked them to be your person for the rest of your life for a reason. Why wouldn't you give if, them benefit of the doubt? If not her, then who would I ever give the benefit of the doubt to? <laughs> Fair. A hundred percent. And that being said, we're not perfect. No. Like, no. There's, right. there's, you know, there, there's, there have been times and... There's one story in particular that we actually shared on the, on the exponential relationship series on the TFP app when we talked about this concept where when I get together with my girlfriends and I come home and he says, oh, what did you do? I said, generally, we sit around a kitchen table and we chit chat, right? Because we don't get together that often. So when we do, we sit around an island or on a couple of couches and we just talk about stuff. So I come home and I'll say, oh, yeah, we chit chatted. And that, great. But I don't. <laughs> notice the terminology that I use I just say it and so we're out for a walk one day in the park and he says something about you know what were you doing chit-chatting and I didn't say anything but he felt my energy shift and and you, know, you want to jump in let me tell the whole story I, 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 asked, I, I did I noticed that there was a shift in the energy and I was just like are you like are we good like what's well, something's off here. What's going on? And I, we realized that it was my use of the word chit chat. Like she did not appreciate my use of the word chit chat. It felt in the moment like diminishing what I what, what we were doing, what, what my friends and I were doing, or whoever I was. I don't remember. I don't remember this specific experience. I don't either. But he said, "I was like, I know ch chit chat and feels like you're it's diminishing." And he's like. Yeah. But that's the terminology you always use. And I paused and I was like, oh, that is the terminology I always that's use. And he's like, if you're not like, I would never intentionally try to diminish anything that you do. Yeah. And so you're not going to give me the benefit of the doubt. Then who? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a value and a pause. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and I think that's important is just understanding, like, you know, if you go, if you dive into like behind the scenes of Craig and Meredith, like there's, there's like, 
we have this kind of conversation. We use this language, but like you guys have your own language. And if you dive in behind the scenes with, you know, Greg and, and, and Kayla, like we, we literally, we have our own language. And so it's just like, you know, chit chat is like part of your vernacular. It's just, yeah. he's just like, Hey, I, I want to use chit chat too. Like, like, is there a different inflection? Like, how do I deliver this word? So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we, and, and that's the thing. I think it also transcends the romantic relationship because we do this with family members. We do this with friendships. We do this where we start the, the stories in our head. We start the assuming bad intent. And it's just like, it's based on every available like thing that I have ever interacted with you guys. Like I can, I can, I basically have no basis or right to assume bad intent. Even if someone like came to me and, and showed me video and uh, apparently we're tracking again. Cool. Thanks camera. I, we're going to have to figure out how to turn that off. Stop it. There's two of us here. Um, um, sit here and do this. But uh, um, like, even if they gave me video evidence of like, dude, look at, at Craig and Meredith talking crap about you. Look at all of this stuff. I'd be like, that's AI generated. I'm sorry. I don't, I do not, I do not, like, I don't agree. Everything I know about you guys is this. And until I experience or know, and that's, that's, I think the thing where you have, you know, relationships that fall apart that really didn't need to. And I love, I can't remember where I, I heard this from. I know we had talked about it on our last date night, but basically like she and I are as aligned as you can possibly be. And that, and, and, and that is basically 80% of a hundred percent. So like the best, the most aligned you can be with another human being because you have different, you know, ages, experiences, families, sometimes religious beliefs, like there's upbringings, a, upbringings, parents, life, yeah. like all of these things, like the most we're going to be aligned is 80%. So are we ever going to let the 20% mess up the 80%? We can't, but that's, as aligned as you can be. So when you have like really good friends, like I consider Craig an incredible friend, but we're probably like 60% aligned. There's a bunch of stuff where it's like, Hey, I'm different. I'm different. We can never let this break the good because the average relationship is, is like aligned, like 15%. And then you, you spend like a decade realizing that, Oh, we were we were never aligned. Like this was hard from the beginning. <laughs> um, and I think that people need to recognize that stop expecting a hundred percent alignment. And there's, I, we've done this in parenting so much where I was brought up very differently. And so sometimes <laughs> like I have a, a very specific thing I want to communicate to Conrad. And she's just like looking at me like, no, like <laughs> that's not like, I thought it was completely fine. <laughs> Oh, is it scary be that I don't know where you're going with this? <laughs> <laughs> when he was like, when he was like one and barely walking and kind of this, like, I thought it was completely normal that I'm just going to start Spartacus again and watch it. And she's like looking at me like, dude, people's heads are getting chopped off. Like lots of nudity, it's like, lots what? of cussing, like, lots of blood. And I'm, I'm like, he's like, not going to remember. And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. 
I don't know what he's dreaming about. It <laughs> little like images <laughs> popping in his head of heads popping off. Not really conducive. And then I had to like, I had to like rethink. I'm like, huh? Yeah, that's that's accurate. Like that's I had no. I but it's something I just I didn't I didn't even notice. And you know when I was coaching Eileen, I talk about this all the time. But I remember when I was first coaching Eileen, I would I would tell her like all the stuff I knew about parenting when I didn't have kids. And I still look back on that, that version of me as a coach. And I'm like, which was not just to be very clear, guys, this is not that long. It was three years ago. And now we're on Kayla. Woo. <laughs> this, this camera it just likes me. And it, it should, it should. It. Um, but, uh, you know, and that's the thing is like, I, I should have just, instead of like, Oh, I've read parenting books. We've been trying to have a kid and this is what all the books say. And then I had to quickly realize that all those books equip you for those people's kids. They don't help you with your kid. And I, I, I've apologized to Eileen so many times. I'm like, remember when I said like, skip the soccer game and go to the conference. I'm sorry. Like never skip the soccer game. (laughs) And so it's just like yeah. you, your perspective is always changing. And that's why, like, I think, you know, we talk a lot about this, the idea of truth. And I think that, you know, I, I did a, a live on this and I think it's important for everyone to understand. We don't actually care about what's true because there's two truths that can coexist simultaneously. And, you know, we're very Christian. We have friends that are not, we have friends that are Muslim, that are Islamic, that are atheists, that it, it, it doesn't matter, but that's their truth. So it's like, if that's their truth and this is our truth, well, then what's true? Okay, so truth is already kind of this ambiguous thing. So we talk a lot about, are they coming from a place of honesty? So like, if they're Muslim and they honestly feel that and they're communicating what they believe, awesome. I want to listen. I want that information. Um, and the same goes within our marriage is, you know, there's certain things that are true for her that are not true for me, but if she's coming from a place of honesty, I need to listen and, and vice versa. And then the other thing is loyalty. I think loyalty is kind of a lost art. And if you look at, you know, like we've been married for almost 10 years now, up on 10, almost 10 years. That's exciting. That takes loyalty. That takes loyalty. And we have this beautiful marriage because of loyalty. Friendships like we we're really close with you guys, but you know, we've been hanging out now for what over two years now. So it's like, yeah, like you actually you guys met like Conrad when he was one month old. So I think it's like basically exactly two years. We're closer now than we were when we first met. Well, that's because there's time. You have to give things time to blossom and so the other thing that I would invite everybody you know something that we've learned from a marriage and and trying to get initiatives done building companies getting people to buy into ideas is you cannot discount tenure you cannot discount time and if you look at Craig and Meredith and the road of life and you're like must be nice um they have the nice because they did the must. And if you look at Greg and Caleb, our marriage, and well, must be nice having a marriage like that. Well, we did what we must do to have the marriage. But 
we have a different marriage now than we did when we were oh, first married. 100%. We've so a lot. You, you got to give things time to blossom. Like yeah. it takes time to go from the caterpillar to the butterfly. But most people get to the cocoon and then just stay there because they're scared. Like, don't have cocoon energy. <laughs> you want fake butterfly energy. If there's anything you take from this episode, don't have cocoon energy. Um, so so give us from your guys' point of view, like you guys went through uh corporate America. I always say corporate America because it's such a word for me. Oh. Corporate life. Corporate Canada. <laughs> corporate Canada. It's it's weird. You guys probably think <laughs> that that's a normal phrase in your head. But it just sounds so incomplete to me. It's not. You don't say corporate Canada at all. No. Corporate life. Okay, well, they definitely say corporate. But corporate America probably is still different than corporate Canada. We get pretty. It's not not awesome. I love more similarities than you think. Unfortunately. Well, especially in the in the oil side of things. There's Yeah, that's not the the least cutthroat industry that's out there. Um, I know that you guys have this uh, um, thing about the big yellow binder, which I still think is really important for people to know because unfortunately, as you guys know, uh, when you talk about the how so much, how you're going to transition out of corporate life, how you're going to have a great marriage, how you're going to start your coaching practice, how you're going to do this. Um, if if I were to have given you the big yellow binder at the beginning, you'd have been like, oh, okay. And then and then basically by the time we get to page two, we need to either rewrite it or throw it away. Um, so everyone out there, you're looking for the the big yellow binder. And, and if you don't know what that is, Craig, do a freaking podcast on that because it's in it's so freaking insightful. He talked about it um at our retreat in Wyoming. Um, and I know that they're going to release the videos of the speech about the big yellow binder, but that's basically what everyone's looking for in coaching and marriage and marriage counseling. They're like, just tell me, just tell me how to fix it. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. It's like, no, you got to become the person that does the things. Like there's a, a, a sense they of that. They're just asking you to do it for them. Yeah. Yeah. They hire, I always say it's, it's kind of like hiring the personal trainer to lift the weights for you. Yeah. You have to do the work. <laughs> That's not how it works. Um, but if you if you guys had to write, you know, I'm not going to say ten because I feel like that's a uh, that's a a lot right now to put you guys on the spot. But if you had to put your like top three commandments that you would put in a big yellow binder, uh, one for you personally, one for your marriage, and one for your business. What is the one thing in each of those areas that you would tell people thinking about doing business with their spouse, going on a personal, you know, journey, and then the marriedpreneur thing? And I love the fact that we gave you guys zero time to think about this. Yeah. What would the th what would the three things be? <laughs> um I, I think one we talked about already is it's extreme, like for the relationship, vulnerability is key. And, and that's in, all, like we wear a lot of hats, like we're business partners, we're best friends, we're husband and wife. We're So we wear a lot of hats, same as you guys. And you have the additional one of being parents. I think being vulnerable and sharing your truth, whatever that is in the moment, 
is incredibly important for being able to navigate all those relationships, all those hats, all those roles that we share in our relationship. Uh, I think in terms of the getting out of the corporate world and and trying to make your way into the world of entrepreneurship, whether you're married printers or not, um, uh, it's so hard for, for me. So I know it's hard for other people, but to your point, letting go of how, when we made the decisions to leave our corporate job, we were really lucky in that we were, a decision was forced on us that, you know, you can keep your job if you want to move 2000 miles back West, or you can leave and, and we'll give you severance and wish you well on your merry way. And it was an incredibly, incredibly stressful decision to make. And obviously, inevitably, we decided to leave and figure it out on our own. And we're both very plan-oriented people. We like a lot of structure. We like a lot of formality. We're, we're That's an understatement. And confirm, right? We're <laughs> very into lists and organization and plans and like, you know, make the plan, execute the plan, all that stuff. And so when, when this decision came, we made the decision, I think, based on our gut feeling, on our intuition. And I can remember having the conversation with my team at work, letting them know that, you know, we've made this decision. Um, we don't know what it looks like. Um, we don't have a plan. So we're going to leave our, you know, six-figure corporate jobs and do question mark. Like, it, it was, like, <laughs> incredibly, like, not... <laughs> it, it was, okay, it was side, side note please make that podcast like a little series <laughs> like i did the homeless millionaire like yeah. you guys need to tell that story because we're gonna yes. and we're tracking again thank you this time i started tracking you yeah i don't i don't know anymore <laughs> um but we're gonna leave our six-figure corporate jobs for question mark i think is fantastic and yeah like <laughs> episodic because it, it, it's i don't know i just yeah. i love idea. that yeah we'll, we'll come up we'll, we'll come up with that but it, it was you know it's a great story today uh in the moment it was incredibly terrifying incredibly stressful and i can remember going for a walk um as we're kind of talking it through and and just having the conversation that the gut feeling for this is it's the right decision and we are trusting the plan will appear. And what we found is that you take a step and then another one or two becomes evident. You're never gonna see the whole staircase. You're never gonna see the whole journey, the whole path lit up in front of you, all well signed on your road of life. You're gonna have to take a step and trust that the next step or two will become apparent once you've taken the first one. So it is curiosity. Do you know who's who coined this? What you're talking about? About okay, it's great minds must think alike because this guy who I heard and apparently we're tracking again. I hate this thing. I need to get a different camera. <laughs> um, this guy named Martin Luther King okay. Jr. says right. that when the first step is taken, the staircase appears. And so you have to take that first step blind. So good. So it's a huge leap of faith and it's super scary, but I think it's, a, it's, you know, I like, I'm a Canadian fan of the Toronto Raptors. So I like to quote Fred Van Vliet. And it's like, we had to bet on ourselves, like yeah. with no experience doing this, no, 
you know, no yellow binder, no, no nothing, no knowing what we were going to do and just jump and trust that the net would appear. And it was like a two year journey kind of building that net as we're falling or building the bike as we're running, whatever, you know, whatever the analogy is, but trying to figure it out as we're doing it. And so there's probably less stressful ways to go about it, but I think (laughs) The moral of the story, the big takeaway lesson is you're never going to have it all figured out before you have to take action. And you, you're going to have to take a big, scary step in order to make the change you want. And it's going to be terrifying. And so trust yourself that you will figure it out because you figured everything else out to this point. Totally. Like you got here and your life wasn't all roses and unicorns and rainbows. Like you've, we've all been through stuff that got us to this point and you got through it and got to this point. So what makes you think the next challenge you can't get through just as easily or just as, you know, successfully. Yeah. In hindsight, it's, it could always be less stressful. There's a few few things where we, we, we look back and we're like, ah, yeah. That 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 was that was I don't know if that was a forward step, <laughs> uh, but we it's took. They're not the step. always going to be right. They're not always going to be forward steps. They're going to end up lateral. There might be a step back, but as long as you're moving, that's yeah. the main. Thing. Well, and, and I then, think that we're we're pre-wired to see motion, you mm-hmm. know, and you have to be in motion to be seen. So I think I think that that is a huge thing. You know, I wrote an entire song about move. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you freaking moved from, from Arizona to come hang out with this crazy dude named Greg. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I had no plan. I mean, he had just started KMG. I just left a corporate job as well. And we're tracking again. Yeah. like the party. <laughs> um, and I was terrified, but something inside me told me that it was the right move to make. And I had like no friends here. I had like an aunt and uncle who lived an hour away. So I didn't really, I didn't know anybody here. And it's like, yeah, let's leave all my friends and family, leave my job. I And I, your friends I, asked you, are you in love with the guy? And you said what? No. Well, actually, to be fair, I had this realization later in, in life, but I a hundred percent was. Because I was like, oh, we're just friends. Because my last producer started having feelings for me and made things super awkward. And I just wanted to focus on my career and business and building something for my life. And I moved up to Colorado and I wanted to work with Greg. And it just literally hit me out of nowhere one day. I was like, oh my God, I have feelings for this guy. But it had been developing the whole time since I had met him. I just didn't, I think I was in so much denial. I didn't want to realize it. So I didn't realize it. Me, on the other hand, I, I told her, uh, like, literally our first date, I said, we're going to get married. So, <laughs> also, I, my opening line was, you've never met anyone like me, and... I'm going to change your life. Yep. So... And I thought you were insane. So, you did the exact same thing, right? Like, you took a blind leap. You had no... You didn't know anyone. You, you yep. didn't know you were in love with him. Like, you just jumped in and figured... Trusted yourself that you'd figure it out. Yeah. So I just to clear anyone who's never heard that story to clear a couple things up so I don't sound like a crazy pretentious <laughs> asshole. I set affirmations for myself. I'm a speaker. I, I try to set my energy. So before any conversation, I say quietly to myself, 
you've never met anyone like me and I'm going to change your life because that's the energy I want to carry. I loved this girl already so much. And I was so nervous to finally be on a date with her. I said it out loud on accident. And I, and I still remember them coming out of, and I was like, what did you just say? Like, you- I laughed at him. Cause I was like, this guy has to be high right now. Like, this is crazy talk. Like, what are you saying to me? Oh. Um, but honestly, truer words have never been spoken. Oh. Like I had never oh. met anyone else like this guy. And he completely changed my whole life. So. Same though, babe. Same. So you definitely carry that same energy. I just yeah. still cannot believe. Like, I wish, I wish I had that on camera. Like, <laughs> so that's just one of those moments where it's like, whoa, bro. That like, I, I wish, wish we had that. I wish I could carry somewhere. like that much confidence to where I really did. Like, I meant to say it out loud. <laughs> but no, I was mortified after I said that. So you played it off good, though. I you just. Get, you're looking at me like yeah I said that <laughs> inside he's screaming oh my god what did I just, do? what did I just say all right so here's here's what we're gonna do I I've got a question for you guys I want so in the last two years what has been the absolutely scariest slash did we make a mistake slash should we keep going slash epiphany? Just what what was the darkest moment? Because, I mean, a lot of people have these golden handcuffs, bronze handcuffs, whatever you want to call them, the financial handcuffs that corporations put on incredible people like yourselves. You make this decision and then you're like, what did we just do? Like, did we just mess everything up? Can you tell me about that moment? Can you? We can. Yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I know exactly the moment. And <laughs> we're going to tell you all about it on their new podcast, The Road of Life. So a couple of things, housekeeping items I want to I get done. Um, I want you guys to connect with Craig and Meredith. I want you to connect with The Road of Life. I want you to support them. Just because they're relatively new in the coaching space does not mean they're new in the being able to help you space. And I think a lot of people, they they don't understand that when you can connect with people that are this good at what they do early on, it is extraordinarily beneficial for a couple of reasons. You get way more access than normal. Once they reach critical mass, everything gets more expensive and the access the service, the priority is much harder to attain. Um, I can absolutely vouch for these guys. Also, I do not, you know, make it a secret that I don't like helping couples because half the time there's three relationships that are happening. There's one with the guy, one with the girl, one with the, the together and all three versions of the conversation, they're saying something different. So it's frustrated me to no end. So I don't do it anymore. Um, and I don't do it anymore because oh, there's my camera. I don't do it anymore because it, you have to have a heart for it and you have to have an incredible amount of patience. And these guys are the people that I absolutely want to send at anybody and everyone. So if you've been on the fence on, we need some help couples coaching, 
Kayla and I are not the people for you, mainly because we don't offer it and it's not a service we provide. I will say that Craig and Meredith are. They do it for the right reasons. They started out in one area of coaching and it and it kind of, you know, came over to this version of what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they're going to get vulnerable on their podcast, but we're a community in, in the final percent. I'm all about equipping people and helping people. And when I find people who are needed and necessary in the coaching environment, the coaching ecosystem, I I really want to support them. Number one, I, I, I talk about this all the time. Support is the number one way you can help your friends and help other people very specifically if you believe in what they do. And I believe in these guys as human beings. I believe in why they're doing it. I believe in the the product that they put out. And I want anybody who's listening to this podcast to go hang out and listen to their journey. If you've ever, and this is especially important if you've been thinking about being a coach, they've gone through two years of work in the becoming department and now they're starting the doing phase. So you can see what podcast one looks like versus podcast 200. You can see that what stage in Wyoming in front of, you know, 20 people looks like versus when they're in front of 2000 people or 20,000 people, depending on your journey. I'm telling you that it's, it's fun to watch incredible people. It's a little bit like, you know, if you could go back and watch Babe Ruth try to figure out how to swing a baseball bat, if you could go back and watch Lewis Hamilton in the karting days, if you could go back and watch Tony Robbins when he was working with Jim Rohn. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, Tony Robbins worked with Jim Rohn for uh, almost 14 years. And he was uh, uh, an incredible student of Jim Rohn. But if you could be back there, when Tony Robbins was in that becoming phase, you can learn actually more than when Tony Robbins is Tony Robbins. And so because they've done the work, they're helping the people they, and I can say this because, you know, I was able to coach them for a while and they've become incredible friends of mine and now business partners of mine. I'm telling you right now, I cannot co-sign for these human beings enough. So I want you to go over there If you're subscribed to the Final Percent Podcast, you have to subscribe to this one. They have incredible stories. They've been all over the world. They go to the World Cup. They're currently in Buenos Aires, I think, and they just got done hiking Machu Picchu, Pikachu, (laughs) Pika. Um, They they, uh, were, I think, in Peru. Like, they're incredibly interesting. They are always in action. They're always getting better. And... If you're in the coaching space, and this isn't, and the the one thing that I want to get across is it's fun to watch these kinds of journeys, but this isn't just a couple's side of things. So if you're in the coaching space in any, any way, these are incredible people to watch because you're going to be able to connect with them at a level right now. And you're going to be able to follow in the footsteps of what they've done. We talk a lot about the snowplow principle. You know, I've been a snowplow for a lot of people. They can be a snowplow as well because a lot of people don't go back to my first episode or they don't, they didn't see me when I was first starting to speak. They didn't see me at my first event. Um, And so this is such a great time to build your community with people who are doing it for the right reasons. 
They're needed and necessary. And so we're going to do part two and get into the vulnerability side of, you know, how and what they're doing, where they're going, why they're going, so that you can lock in on not just what road of life is about, but who the the road of life is. And that's why, you know, when we started out, we just wanted to kind of do this. Let's have fun and let's just talk as friends and introduce you guys to two of my very favorite people. Um, but probably even more importantly, a company that the coaching industry needs because they're not these people who went and got the certification for $25 on the internet and called themselves a life coach. That just, that kind of stuff pisses me off. These are people who care deeply. They read the books, they show up to the sessions. They, they, they are constantly like, if you're on YouTube watching this, I I literally have their new, um, their new journal. Why not you? And that's what it's all about. You know, at some point they had enough courage to look themselves in the mirror and say, why not us? And now they want to equip you on your road of life. They want to equip you to go down uh, any exit that you might find interesting. They're, they they will, they'll probably talk about how they're suckers for the world's largest anything and even the world's second largest something. Oh, <laughs> can confirm. Um, but uh, um, we have footage of, we, we took a road trip with them to, to Austin. We've done a lot of incredible things with them. Um, and I just, I want to equip people with the right people, with the right companies. And if you're new to coaching, watch these people because they put in the time, the energy, the effort, and they are going to, you are going to watch an incredible rise. Um, and then if you are looking for great relationship um coaching and this is real coaching this isn't therapy this this is like this is like how do you take how do you how do you get there when you when you when you look at the the movies and you're going what what is that like how do you get that (laughs) if you want that if you want the hallmark movie i'm telling you get on a great road of life and they're going to put some better gas inside of your car that you're traveling down the road so with that being said, it's you You are going to find part two of this episode on their podcast that I want you to go over there and I want you to, to um, leave a comment. I want you to share it and let's show people what support looks like, because that's what this is all about. This is an incredible time to where you get to be the rocket fuel to help people become known and and raise awareness. And maybe by your comment, you could save someone's marriage. That's really what they just need. People need to know that they exist so that they can help more people. That's what this is all about. So with that being said, it's, it's the road of life or the road of life coaching. What's the specific name that they have to punch in road of life podcast, road of life podcast. So We're going to do part two, and I want you to go over there so that we can show you guys, you know, when it is not all puppies and hearts and rainbows and everything, how do you get through? How do you keep these smiles on your face? And how do you keep wanting to to go to the next level to help people? Because, again, it's, it's, it's not easy. You have to really want to do this, and you want to do it for the right reason. So... Visit us for part two so that we can dive in a little bit more over on their podcast and be sure to share, like, 
and uh, and and leave a review. That that really helps the algorithm. So five star. If I see anybody that I know who you are, if it's less than five star, I will hunt you down. I'm just saying. <laughs> No, that is not a light. That's not a light comment. Um, but it's worthy of five stars. It is worthy of five stars. So go hang out, find out for yourself, and we will see you guys over there. The